Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Welcome to On The Pace on a Monday morning. Michael Guerin joining you for the next half an hour. I hope you've had a great start to your Monday and are staying healthy. We're talking harness racing today. We're talking New South Wales harness racing predominantly, although we are going to detour south to Victoria because Jack Callaghan has headed there with a team for bosses Belinda and Luke McCarthy, and he has done so successfully. He drove the winner of the Bendigo Cup on Saturday night. Jack, thanks for taking the time to join us this morning, mate. It must have been a nice buzz on Saturday night. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mick. It was obviously a great night, and um, yeah, really good to be able to win that race. Okay, so you took out the Bendigo Cup with... Spirit of St. Louis, who raced during the Inter Dominions, obviously a, a pretty sharp type of a horse. Let's talk about you before we get to the horse. You're down in, in Victoria. Have you driven there before much, before heading south of these two horses? No, that was the first night I'd raced in Victoria. Um, obviously, watching a fair bit and keep a close eye on things down there, but uh, yeah, that's the first time I've been down there. Okay, mate, what did you make of uh, the new experience of, of driving on a slightly smaller track and probably over a longer distance than many of the races you drive over at New South Wales? Yeah, it was really good. The track, uh, Bendigo's unreal. It's got great bends and good surface. And, yeah, everything down there was awesome. Okay, Spirit of St. Louis got the lead uh, very quickly. You must have felt comfortable in the middle stages because... The other danger, Triple Eight was outside you. You had control of the race, and you uh, you had the horse with easy sectionals in front. Yeah, that's right. I, I thought he would be able to get the front before the race, and um, he was able to do quite comfortably. And never copped any pressure at all during any part of the race, really. So um, I felt comfortable that he'd be able to get the job done. We are next for a spirit of St. Louis. Uh, Jack, we can hear you working a horse in the background, so obviously uh, you're keeping yourself busy down there. Yeah, I'm actually back in Sydney at the moment. Um, we came back uh, yesterday, and um, spirit of St. Louis is still down there, and we're going to Sheffield. Uh, who else from Team McCarthy is going to be joining the likes of Spirit of St. Louis down there in Victoria? Um, we're not too shy at the moment. Uh, so this Saturday, um, obviously, he's you know, the predominant one for the cup anyway. We might take a few others for a couple of undercard races, but nothing set in stone just yet. Your other major drive on Saturday night, Jack, was Elder Baron Ravani in the Maori Mile. Um, had a gallop early, and that was the end of that. So... Well, not a gallop early, had a small gallop um, after showing some gate speed. What was the situation with her? Uh, she just kind of didn't really handle the track quite as much as we'd expected her to. Um, she was pretty keen, um, you know, probably just in a new environment for her and a long trip away, which she hasn't done since being in Australia. And, yeah, kind of was just a little bit too much for her, but I'm sure... Um, that trip will just do the world of good and she'll be back there than ever. Okay, is she staying down there, Jack, to progress to races like the Great Southern Star? Uh, she'd actually come home 
yesterday, but I think the plan is still to take him back down in a couple of weeks. Been a great job, so yeah. All right, you've got some drives tomorrow at Menangle. There's Tuesday afternoon racing there with six races. Um, you're driving a horse from the first who I thought would have a chance in the race, make mine muscle. Yeah, he should have a chance. He um, raced the right last week. Uh, the camp gave me an indication that he'd take a lot from that run. So if he improves like they expect, he can take a bit of beat. JK, congratulations on flying the New South Wales flag so successfully at Bendigo on Saturday night. Mate, we can hear you working, so we'll let you get back to working. We don't want to get in trouble with the bosses, and good luck if you get a chance to head south for the carnival again. Not all right. Thanks very much, mate. That's Jack Callahan. Obviously, as you can hear, horse working out on the track, so our apologies for the background noise there, but obviously we're, we're talking to people when they're in their working day. It's only 10.30 in the morning, Sydney time, and jogging a horse, so we always appreciate their time, even though often they are busy. Uh, locally, we had racing at Menangle on a Saturday night, and a guy who drove winners there and was also able to train and drive winners at Bullburn yesterday was Brad Hewitt. Uh, I think Brad's on the phone with us now. Brad, are you with us, mate? Well, no, he's not with us yet. We're going to dial into Brad after the short break. So what we'll do here on Sky Sport Radio is take a break, come back on the other side. We're going to talk to Brad Hewitt. Then we're going shopping for a winner with Blake Jones, who has a nice book this afternoon at Wagga. Get ready to secure the very best yearlings New Zealand has to offer. With world-class talent now hitting the track, NZB Standard Bread graduates have claimed 14 Group 1 wins, 27 stakes wins, and seven derbies last season alone. Buy from the best in the business at NZB Standard Bread's 2022 National Yearling Sale in Auckland and Christchurch. New Zealand Bloodstock, where winning begins. Every year, over 4 million people get really crook in the guts because their food hasn't been prepared properly or cooked properly. You can lower your chances of food poisoning by always washing your hands before touching food. Also, keep your fridge rigid dig by running it at 5 degrees Celsius or below. And always cook your chook and heat your meat. Go to the shop and get one of those meat thermometers, you know, that measure the temperature. Then only say yes, please, at 75 degrees. For even more tips, head to foodsafety.asn.au. Sky Sports Radio's Racing HQ. Racing HQ. Everything you need for a winning day. Welcome back to Sky Sports Radio's On The Pace. Here on a Monday morning with Michael Gear, I'm about to talk to Brad Hewitt, who had a busy old weekend, and of course, talking to horse people, you can hear the horses in the background. Morning here, Brad. What are you doing? Are you out on the track driving or leading one around? Ah, uh, no, just horses working on the track. I'm just out picking a couple. All right, mate. Race three at Mango on Saturday night. You bought our cowgirls and race to town. She did the job, one pretty convincingly. Funny horse, Brad. I think she's still maturing, even though she's she's no baby. She's five years old now. It seems to have taken a while to, to really tidy up her gait and get the best out of her, but she looks like she's getting the idea of it now. Yeah, that's right. I, mean, she, I think she only had sort of 14 or 15 starts, something like that. It's a turned five-year-old mare, so she's pretty lightly raced. And, yeah, like I said, she, she isn't, or hasn't been the best gated since I got her, but, yeah, she's sort of... Seems to be putting it all together now, and she went really nice the other night. 
All right, Brad, everybody in Sydney Harness Racing is thinking about the same stuff. The carnival is around the corner. There's opportunities there for horses to get some group form. Is our cowgirls and lace the type of horse you start considering options like the lead-up races to the ladyship marks? Yeah, I think so, Mick. She's definitely got the ability and she's got uh, plenty of high speed and with the right type of run and just, yeah, she sort of had a, a few runs under her belt now. She got a bit crook uh, over the Carousel Carnival and a couple of them heats there, but um, she seems to be right back on top of things and doing everything right. And she had a, a beautiful run the other night, but she's done it on her ear, and I think she'd go good in some of them better races. You talk about her having not the best gait when she came over from New Zealand and joined you. What do you do with a horse like that? Is there much you can do? Do you put spreaders on them? Do you shoe them differently? Or, in fact, do you just race them and wait for their bodies to mature a bit more? Yeah, she's sort of a, a funny one. Like, when she's following a horse, she's good as gold, but if you work her on her own or in front of, in front of one, she sort of yeah, just wants to get rough and carry on up, up the straight and that. But that whole family has sort of been a bit renowned for that too. They've been... Uh, not, not the best gated horses. There's been a couple coming out here, and yeah, they're sort of the same. She hasn't galloped or anything, but and in saying that, at, at the races, it's the best she is. She doesn't do anything wrong at the races. So as long as she keeps doing that, then yeah, we can get by. Mate, you took a horse to Goulburn yesterday, who uh, who actually won its second start for you, or third start for you. Took a Goulburn, won a Penrith before that. Um, not overly exposed in this part of the world, but I think there's a bit to like about debutante party. Is she a horse who maybe the punters should stick with and a horse who, who might, in fact, even turn up at somewhere like Meningle? Uh, yeah, she's only a tiny thing. I think she's knee-high to a grasshopper. She's uh, probably the smallest horse I've ever sat up on, but um, she's got a good little trier and uh, she's yeah, got a little bit of speed, but she's probably just not quite ready at this stage, um, I might give her a start down there this week if the race goes and then probably turn her out for a bit of a break. But um, I'm just hoping next time she might have yeah, mature up a bit and strengthen up and got used to our race now. She's had, I think she's won four from five here now, so she's done a good job and she's gone up and fast pretty quick. So she's going to sort of be up against it from here on. But yeah, I'm just hoping she might just get that a little bit better next time in. How small are we talking, Brad? I mean, most of the thoroughbred people are used to dealing with horses who are, you know, 15 and a half type hands. A small pacer by Better's Delight can be quite small. Would she be 14 and a half type thing or is she getting closer to 15? Yeah, no, she'd, she'd be 14. It'd be funny at being that. So I haven't measured her, actually, but yeah, she's tiny. I've got Yeon, just turned two year olds here, and they're not big horses, and they're even bigger than it. So, yeah. He's really small. Well, when you talk about small horses, Brad, because I've had this experience when I've been driving young horses before, obviously when you drive horses, you need to look around them to see where you're going. Occasionally, if a horse is small enough, you can actually see almost over their head to directly in front of yourself. So is she a horse who gives you a more accurate line of sight? Is she one of those little tiny ones you can almost see over the top of? Yeah, you definitely don't have any trouble Seeing around her, you just yeah, can look straight between her ears and see the person in front of your helmet. She just, yeah, she's definitely the smallest horse I've ever had, I think. 
All right, Brad. Um, where have your good horses got to? Because over the winter you had two horses um, who we thought were going to develop into good open-class horses. And I know you had a setback on one of them. So where's, uh, is it Rock and Marty and Sendit? Where have they got to? Uh, yeah, Dad's just got uh, Marty back in. He had a few weeks off um, after the uh, Indominion Carnival and he's back in. He should be uh, back to the races hopefully early February and then I'll send it. He got uh, crossed there a couple of months ago and got him back in the same time, but his blood just sort of come back still no good, so I'm not too sure what I'm going to do with him, yeah, whether we can treat him and help him out or whether he's just got to have more time in the paddock. I've sort of got to sort it out this way. must be frustrating for your Brad, because um, with those good horses, there's a lot of money available for them this time of year. If you have a blood issue and you're not sure how to fix it, they can they can be finicky things, can't they, for a horse trainer? Because uh, there's, there's a lot of variables and it might just be the smallest of things which is affecting them. Yeah, so I've never had the trouble before to reverse all these white cells and add a couple of vets sort of tell me that they just can't go at all when, when their bloods are red like his are. So yeah, there's sort of not much point pressing on, but yeah, it is disappointing because he's, he's a really nice horse when he's right. and just his last two runs, uh, last campaign, he just yeah, went nothing like he like he can, and um, yeah, well, that was why. But hopefully, he can get back on track and yeah, get back to some of the better races yeah, later in the season. Brad, how many horses do you have around you at the moment? Because uh, you don't tend to race them or over race them a lot, but the strike rate is very good. So, how many horses in the barn? Uh, yeah, probably only. Yeah, about a dozen or so, and yeah, Dad's got probably about the same, ten or ten or twelve. Yeah, sort of half and half what we have here, but yeah, we we have our own babies. So we've got four two-year-olds in, and yeah, some that we breed our own and stuff like that. So yeah, it's about a dozen or so, and yeah, we've actually only got probably five or six races in between it, so it's yeah, really quiet time. Uh, is there a chance you'll go back to the yearling sales and, and try and find another couple of cheapies? Because um, there was always some bargains at the harness race in yearling sales. Yeah, I always love going to the yearling sales, Nick. Sort of still point up the idea of going up to Queensland for that sale in a couple of weeks, providing COVID sort of doesn't uh, rare its head again at the wrong time. But uh, it's good to sort of have a, uh, your fingers in a, the pie sort of a few different places like eligible for them races up there, then you got your Sydney sale and then even the, the nutrient one. So it'd be good to have yeah, a few different horses that are eligible for different races and that. But yeah, always love going to the sales and trying to find that next good good one. Are you the sort of stable bread where you're open to outside clients coming in and expanding the stable a bit more or are you guys a capacity? Uh yeah, no, always yeah, looking to take on yeah, more Nicer horses, and yeah, I'm sort of tying up the idea of yeah, putting the fields out to see if anyone wants to go and shares, get a couple of yields, and yeah, because you can spend that sort of around that 30,000 mark, you can get what you want more than yeah, sort of getting what you have to take if, uh, yeah, if you've got a bit of power behind you. So it's always better if you can get a bit better bread stuff and yeah, the, the sort of type of horse that you like. Well, mate, there's not many places in New South Wales I could go better than yours and, and the family joint, mate. So good luck with that heading forward, and thank you for joining us on Sky Sport Radio. Well done winning races at Menangle and Goulburn over the weekend.
No worries, mate. Thanks for having me. That's Brad Hewitt, very talented young trainer from a talented family. So um, he's looking for horses for the yearling sales around that $30,000 mark. It's not the most expensive way to get into racing. So like most of our harness racing trainers, there's availability there if you want to buy a share in a horse at sort of that 5 or 10%. I think Blake Jones is joining us on the show here. So he'll be joining us shortly to talk about Wagga today. So that's racing four today. So that's our New South Wales meeting. We've also got Menangle tomorrow and Tamworth tomorrow. So I've got a busy day tomorrow in the state with race meetings at two different places. But let's try and grab Blake now for the first time in 2022. Hey, Blake, thanks for taking the time to join us, mate. I know you guys will be busy today with races this afternoon. Uh, welcome along. Thanks, mate. All right, mate. Race one today. We need a winner, Blake, because everybody spent a whole lot of money doing a whole lot of things over the last two or three weeks. You're driving Smoking Pocket in race one. This is the first at Wagga, race one number seven. What sort of chance do you have that in the first? Um, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty disappointing probably last start at Tamora, but um, the track was a bit heavy there. And I'm just not sure if he, he coped with that real well, but um, it's um, probably a pretty even sort of race. The draw doesn't help us real much, but um, he's probably probably a place chance, probably a best from out wide. I think there, mate. If he um, he gets a bit of luck, he might get a bit closer. But yeah, not too much from the bad draw. I think. Talk about draws. You've got a good draw on the third on the card. You're driving Conrad Kinsey, um, Barrier One. Not a super strong type of the field. I would have thought Barrier One would be a huge help. Yeah, yeah, Barrier One um, definitely suits us. She's a She's been around about a thousand times with little old Conrad, but she um, still gives her all. And yeah, she's been on the fence there, so so she um, probably gives her a best chance to run a hole in that base. I think, mate. But you drive another one for Matthew Painting in the uh, in the fourth on the card. You're on Weeman Marker uh, again. Bad barrier draw. Imperious and uh, and Rambunctious are, are short enough in the market. But what sort of chance would you give Weeman? Yeah, yeah, he's probably a bit like the first fellow, mate. He's probably a place chance. He, um, he, he's racing pretty well, actually, the last few starts. He's, he's sort of getting a bit better, and um, he's sort of in the right grade for him now. And, yeah, he's getting a bit of luck from out there. From the wide draw, we'll just have to sum it up. If they back off, we might have to duck around him and um, see outside him, and that probably gives him his best chance to run a drum. But, um, yeah, just have to sum it up to see how the race pans out. We'll take a seat early and um, see what happens from there. Like we've been driving at Wagga for those who, who follow it but don't follow it deeply because obviously you're there a lot. Um, are the races over seventeen forty and the races over twenty two seventy? It doesn't sound that much for harness horses. It's only five hundred metres difference. Do they feel totally different? Is it a case that over the seventeen forty it's really hard from, to come at the speed because they don't slow down? Do they feel totally different type of races at the 2270 as regards to getting into the race if you're back in the field? Uh, yeah, yeah, prob- you're probably right. Um, just sort of all depends on that early tempo, obviously, but you sort of find them 2200. It sort of brings a few of them unstuck. If they, they seem to do a bit of work early, you've got to be probably a lot more conservative with them, especially like today. It's probably a weaker grade of horses there today. It's probably not the strongest meet. So you've got to be pretty conservative of them if you're racing over the 2200 early to... Make sure you don't burn them out too early and um, so you can get home. Will that be the case with Tubby T in race five? Race five, number eight, another bad barrier draw for Tubby? Yeah, like a broken record, aren't we? Um, 
we'll be, I think we'll be going straight back and straight up the fence with Harold Tubby. He, um, he, he can get on the knee a little bit, so he's probably no use coming too wide. You're just going to have to go back and up the fence and um, try and drive for a bit of luck. He's, um, his form probably doesn't look overly special on paper, but he, he's been going all right. He's, he's an honest little fellow. Well, he's a big fellow, actually. But, yeah, if he gets a little bit of luck on the fence, he can probably sneak up for a place chance. But, yeah, from the draw, it makes it pretty hard, mate. A little filly is doing a pretty good job, and I think she's going to get a lot better as you're driving race six. That's Swedish meatballs. Once again, you've copped a bad barrier you draw, but ran second to a decent horse last time. Still looks a little bit immature, but I would have thought a horse like him once she actually fully grows into herself. I think she's going to do a decent enough job. Yeah, no, I don't mind this um, little filly. This is my first time driving her, but she um, she always seems to find the line pretty good. She she was um, good in the Breeders' Plate Heat and Final. She ran good races in both of them. So, yeah, she gets into a pretty even race here. But to me, on paper, it looks like there's a bit of early tempo, which should suit her because she's sort of done it real quick and she'll probably get back a bit. But I think there's a bit enough early speed to give her a chance to um, get home strong, hopefully. And then the uh, the last on the card, mate, which goes at five fifty four today. You're Baker Creek actually won here five starts ago in, in a similar type of race. It's not an overly strong race, but again, I don't know if you've upset out there, Blake, if you ended up way up the outside fence again. So, with the right sort of run, would Baker Creek be a chance? Yeah, look, I should I should have um, have them bad barriers nailed by the last, so give her a chance from out there. But um, yeah. Probably just going to have to bit, probably a bit like a couple of the early ones, just sort of duck in early and just see what happens. And uh, depending on the tempo, whether we can sneak around and get to the chair or not on her, we'll sort of have to play as it comes. But I don't think we can sort of push forward too hard early. There's a couple inside us on no chance of crossing. So yeah, hopefully we get a slot in close enough to them would be nice. But um, if we end up too far back, then we're going to have to make a decision on when we've got to get going. Like uh, about 10 days ago, now nine days ago, you went to, to Leeton for the Leeton Pacers Cup with your, your partner, Alan Bartley. And you had Murano in the cup, and look, he won it like a good horse. Uh, is he a good horse? Is he a good horse in the provincials, and he's not going to be a good enough horse to come to town? Or is he still getting better, and we don't know how good he is? Um, yeah, he seems to, to me, I think he seems to be getting better every time I take him to the races. He, he's a sort of horse at home. He, he just does what he has to. He, he doesn't do too much at home. He, he could nearly work him with a maiden and he'd struggle to beat it some days. And, but, yeah, you get into the races and he he, um, he produces his best there. And he just seems every time we're taking him to the race, he just keeps on stepping up to the challenge. And um, I, I don't think he's, he'll have any drama going to Menangle and winning with his high speed. I think it'll sort of suit him there. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll get him up there in another couple of starts. We weren't planning on going to the carousel with him, but he just got a bit of a cold after the... Uh, Griffith Cup, so we end up backing off him there and bypassing that, unfortunately. With getting to Menangle, Blake, obviously you're you're a, a top-level driver in New South Wales, but we don't see you at Menangle very often. Is that simply because, A, it's a long way to go, and B, you need an awfully good horse to go there? Yeah, probably, probably a bit of both, mate. I'd, you know, like travelling all the way up there if you don't think you're a decent chance, so you sort of want to have them pretty spot on and have a horse that's going pretty good to travel up there for that. But, yeah, I think you'll have no drama going up there. Getting, it all depends on what sort of race he gets into, but I think he should should be able to pick up a race up there for sure. 
But you put yourself in a nice position um, driving, I know, predominantly out, out in the, the Riverina region because when people send horses there that are any good, if they want to qualify, for example, for a New South Wales Breeders Challenge, um, often you become sort of a go-to guy. It must be a nice position for people to be dropping in horses in for a catch drive once in a while or a pretty nice type of horses around your local tracks. Yeah, it's, um, yeah we've, we've, Ellen and I have just purchased our own property only in the last 12 months and Sort of since that sort of happened, we've, we've um, been pretty lucky. We've got um, Barry and Banner down for Mick Stanley and looked after him and um, raced him at Leap to get the, his um, Breeders' Challenge heat, which was awesome. He was giving me an awesome feel that horse. He was good fun to drive him. And then um, the same with Sugar Apple with Jason Grimson sending him down for the Breeders' Plate. It, it worked out really good. And um, it, it's all gone to plan so far when, when it's happened. So hopefully we keep on continuing that. Like there'd be people listening to the show who who see your name a lot in the form guides or in the TAB or of course on Sky, and they're probably thinking, well, I've seen this guy a lot, but I don't know much about him. So you mentioned you and Alan, who's obviously your partner, had purchased a property. Um, how old are you, Blake? And, and how many horses do you two have and work together? Because there seems to be no shortage of horses. Uh, yeah, I'm 32. Alan, she's 28. She's younger, but um, we're going to be at oh, 12 in work, I think, at the moment. We sort of just Got rid of a few young ones lately, but yeah, we sort of work anywhere from ten to probably sixteen, just sort of fluctuating in between there. But yeah, twelve twelve is a real nice number at the moment. It's um, pretty good and gives us a chance to travel when we've got one that's good enough to travel and not have too much to do at home. Like we were talking to Brad Hewitt about ten minutes ago about whether trainers your age, younger trainers, can get to the sales and be competitive. It's something you start thinking about now? Is that something you guys do do? Is it a case you want to get to the sales and, and window shop, or do you try and put people together where you can go to the sales and be competitive? Um, yeah, the last couple of years we, we haven't as such, but um, we, we always go down there and attend them, and we've brought a couple in the past, not too many, but yeah, if there's ever anything that catches their eye while we're there, we'll um, always go and have a look at it. But yeah, we sort of don't go there with a big budget and spend or anything like that. Like some others, we um, yeah, just sort of take it as it comes. And if someone approaches us, then we'll we'll go from there. Like what's the horse people can put into their race tracker or put in a note paper and stick to the fridge or the office? What's the horse we should follow of yours? Drive, train, whatever you think. More importantly for the punt over the next couple of weeks. Um, well, I wouldn't say Narano, but we've, we've pretty much covered him. Um, yeah, um, outside Eden. Oh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Most most of the sort of air ones we sort of had up and going pretty good. We'd sort of give them a bit of a freshen up. But um, I think got a New Zealand filly turning up sometime this week. Um, again, it's Dan's her name is. Her runs seemed all right over in New Zealand. So hopefully she can come here and do a good job for her owners. Well, mate, thank you for joining us this morning. Sometimes it's a bit of a minefield doing forms on Monday morning, so the fact you could do some for us for the races out of Wagga today is, is a big help, Blake. Um, good luck, mate, with the new property. Well done to you and Alan. Congratulations. And, yeah, looking forward to talking to you more on Sky Sports Radio on the pace over 2022. Too easy, Mick. Thanks a lot, mate. It's Blake, uh, Blake Jones. Um, he and his partner, Alan Bartley, are doing good things up there in the Riverina region. And I've got a nice horse in Murano who's going to be turning up at Menangle at some stage. Also joining us this morning was Brad Hewitt and Jack Callahan.
Our apologies for the background noise there. Jack was out on the track working horses. They are relentless, the harness racing people. Always working. Racing today at Wagga kicks off at 1.34. Thank you for joining us on Sky Sport Radio. We're taking a break for On The Pace tomorrow. But on Wednesday morning at 10.30, Brittany Graham will be back to update you more on the harness racing scene in New South Wales.